you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kitty Aki. That's me. Welcome, welcome to She's All Over the Place. So happy to have you here. Today, I have a guest for you. His name is Alan Steinfeld, and he has really been all over the place, and we're going to talk about that today. He has a brand new book called Making Contact. Not only does he have a brand new book, Alan, thank you so much for inviting me. This week, he had a book signing, and And not only did he have a book signing, he had a book signing with Deepak Chopra, who's his really good friend for over 20 years. And Deepak, if you go to um, Deepak's Twitter or his YouTube channel, they have a one-hour conversation that you can tune into. And I would just like to read uh, something in Alan's new book called Making Contact. So it's called from Deepak Chopra himself, okay? I I have some things to say about this. So Deepak, his endorsement says, and he has so many endorsements, but here's the very first one. Deepak says, we cannot separate the earth from its greater cosmic environment. What is needed is a new story. And Alan Steinfeld's Making Contact is part of that story. Deepak Chopra, author of Total Meditation. Yes, he was very kind to do that. And um, he's really about consciousness, the evolution of consciousness and civilization. How are we going to make this planet workable for everyone? You know, after you achieve a level of success, all you really want to do is give back. And he's really one of the top leaders in human potential and the consciousness movement. And so he's looking at many aspects of what is the nature of reality, which has been my sort of pet project. What is the nature of reality? Who are we? Why have we come here? What's our purpose? And where are we going? So I, I've been talking about this for a long time like this. And I, so I put all those questions into this book. I love this. I love this. And what you said specifically is what I love as well. Consciousness and exploring and discovering and new discoveries and it's unfolding. It's an evolution. And, and, you know, when I was actually last week watching uh, the one hour of you and Deepak and him interviewing you on his platform, I was reflecting and laughing because most people I've done, you know, Deepak, Oprah's 21 day abundance, meditations. I've done so many of them. My sister turned me on to it years ago and I've shared it, you know, as a ripple effect to so many other people, but most people in this world who find, discover, know Deepak or are on the journey of Deepak and his evolution and sharing, most people in the world are fascinated by him. And in that same exact moment of knowing everything I just shared and more of what I'm not saying, in the beginning of his interview, Deepak, when everyone is so enticed with him and what he has to say, he's fascinated by you, Alan Steinfeld. Thank you. You know, because I talk about things outside of the mainstream. I was talking to him once we met somewhere and I said, you know, crop circles are communications from extraterrestrial higher consciousness. And he said, I thought all those were fake. I said, Deepak, don't listen to what the mainstream talks about. And he said, okay, come on my show. I went on his serious radio show when he had that. And we talked about crop circles and he said, wow, well, there's there's something to that. So he's open-minded and you see, he's very mainstream consciousness and I'm sort of on the edge. I'm looking for those new realities. I'm looking for the unknown. I'm I'm going outside the box. I think Deepak plays a very important role of being a bridge 
from mainstream awareness to a spiritual understanding. But I'm not a mainstream person, so I'm not really concerned about appealing to the mainstream. I, that's not my audience. So I can go further out on a limb, I think, because if people don't like what I'm saying or don't believe me, well, I don't really care. My, my reputation is not dependent on what the mainstream thinks. Of course, the more mainstream people interested in this, but I'm here to break the boundaries of culture. You know, Terrence McKenna said culture is not your friend, which means that we are confined by the limitations of what we're allowed to think. I want to push those boundaries and say nothing is impossible. It's all, it's all within our reach. If you can think it, you can be it, you can know it, you can have it. All those levels of cognitive creation are right here available for us because we are divine, magical beings. I mean, how could we not be? Oh, I love everything you're saying. Yes, totally. Exactly. And I have, my, I'm percolating in so many ways. So a couple things I would like to say is one, crop circles and that you're talking about. And because of you, I've seen them before years ago, but because of you and new realities, we'll get into that. I actually uh, Googled and I'm like, oh yeah, crop circles. Cause it was like, okay, it's a, it's a coin phrase and I've seen it, but it's been a while. But now that, you know, you mentioned it again just now, and I was able to look it up and see brush strokes of stories of what people say about crop circles. So maybe someone tuning in, you know, in the audio or the video can look up crop circles and be like, what is, what are crop circles? And that's why we're here today. We're here to share and inspire you. And we're here to just like share stories, you know, and to like educate people on things. Maybe they are familiar and like, oh, here's that word again, or it perks their interest to maybe explore some more. So yeah. there's not, yeah. there's not an exact of how something should be, but it's an exploration and take what vibes with you and go for it. And then whatever doesn't serve you or you don't attune to, it could just be right now. It could be in the moment. We can only show up for ourselves and um, and we can only be open so much. And we can talk more about that in a little bit, but new realities. So new realities is your show for over three decades and it's on Manhattan cable. And then YouTube started and you were the, one of the very first creators on YouTube. Let's talk about Because I had all this material. I had, you know, yeah. 20 years of material. My, my girlfriend used to say, what are you doing with all those videos? I said, well, something will come up. And she's the one that found YouTube. And I said, oh, this is what we're doing with all those videos. We're going to post them forever on YouTube. And it was kind of uh, just something I think no one had really thought of. Some people had the idea, but no one thought about just posting videos all the time. I mean, we just relied on television. So it took a change of consciousness. So every change is a change in consciousness. And this is what this book is about, you know, preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence is the subtitle. So what does that mean, preparing? How do you prepare for something? You prepare by making yourself available to the unknown right? Mm -hmm. The unknown is that white canvas, that white sheet of paper. Yeah. And the unknown is that fine line. Um, I have a musical duo, the sophisticated psychos. It's that fine line of crazy or genius, right? It's like walking on that small white line and going into the unknown. For example, you go to the unknown, um, to a party, you don't know anyone. People could be petrified or you go to a party and you don't know anyone, which I love because at the end of it, I'm a social butterfly and I'm friends with everyone, but that would terrify someone to do that. So the unknown and preparing for the unknown. And it's like, 
Right now, we have the unknown of the unknown. For example, we didn't know there was going to be a pandemic. We didn't know there was going to be a YouTube. We didn't know there was going to be a streaming services. There's so many things that we still don't know. And so right. in, in your book, there's 11 people, uh, including yourself. So there's 12. And you go around and you've been studying uh, UFO, this whole entire intergalactic um, space for over two decades now, right? And then you went to the top people, Barbara Lamb, and you came can, you know, name some other people, Nick Pope, and they're top in their fields. And then you- Whitley have- Strieber, Linda Moulton Howe, John Mack. Yes, these are the, these are the top of the field. Yes. And you got them because of your beautiful relationship. I look at it as like a garden. You have interest, you by chance meet these people, or you go reach these people, you sow a seed, you water it, you plant it, you nourish it. So you've been friends with these people. You, you've you been sharing collective Yes, you go out to lunch with them. You mm-hmm. talk about, you don't just talk about you. You talk about life, everything. You talk about the whole world. And, and, and you, I like these people. They're very intelligent people. They have a much wider perspective than most people you meet. They're not talking about the baseball game or their shoes or, you know, where they're going shopping next week. They're talking about these deep issues like what is the nature of reality? What is the nature of existence? Who are we really as human beings? This is what I'd rather talk about than the baseball game. Nothing wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but what interests you and the the big questions interest me. Yes. And, you know, speaking on this, like these are your, these are your friends. Like you're learning from one another and they're the top in their field. So you were able to be a vessel to take all your collective consciousness of their collective consciousness thus far and then the people who became before them to share this to present in the 21st century to right. people like me to the person who's tuning in to the people who have an idea or who want to learn more or maybe they're new in this world to right. understand um, making contact so you put this into a book um, right. and then yeah so that's really exciting people can no, I encapsulate 75 years of history I mean that's not what the phenomenon goes back to Roswell 1947 July so but all the intricacies, this is not just about saucers, objects in the sky. This has to do with how it's modifying our ability to perceive the world, ourselves. Who are we really? How do we have telepathy and downloads and remote viewing and empathy and compassion? All the things that make us human and beyond human. This book tries to encapsulate that because it is our moment of evolution. We're on the threshold of something new, something unknown, something that would have seemed impossible until we're right at the doorstep. Because the government has admitted these things are real. They actually have said whatever's out there is not Russian, it's not Chinese, it's not ours. It is unknown. And some have gone to, as far as to say it is otherworldly. It is interdimensional. It is of a higher consciousness. They are using quantum physics, not Newtonian physics. There's realms and realms of new perceptions that are becoming available to us because we're finished with an old system. It's collapsing. You know, in systems theories, when there's so much information that the old form can't hold it anymore, the the system collapses. And unless there's a new, more viable structure underneath, it just dissolves. But a a new structure underneath increases the information to a new level of complexity. Mm -hmm. 
And this is where we're going as a culture to a new level of complexity, meaning that this 3D reality is not the only thing. We are functioning on many levels of reality. That's part of the new complexity that's going on. Thank you. And then I love everything you're sharing. I get a brushstroke of something. Some, some people say, uh, the people in the materialistic world, right? In the world of, you know, you know, the materialistic things, right? Are maybe younger souls here. Do you identify with that a bit? Well, my cosmology, understanding of spirituality is that all souls were created at once hmm. from the flash of inspiration that created consciousness. And so we diversified into these individualities, but what you're saying is young souls are those that haven't had a chance to incarnate as much and learn the lessons of human experience. So we're here in the body, in these forms to learn about the human experience, right? And so if you've had many lifetimes, you can call those older souls. Yeah, they've had more experiences. Like Katie, this is not your first rodeo. Okay. You've been around the block a few times in a good way. You know, yeah. you have, you have all this other worldly, other lifetime experiences you're draw you're drawing on in order to connect and communicate with people, but others that are, let's call them, you could call them young selves or they haven't had the experience of incarnation as much are here to learn those lessons, you know, learn the human realm, you know, they may need to learn empathy or love or compassion, or, I mean, we're here to have it all. Then you, I think you get off the wheel of incarnation. Once you've owned the human experience, when you, you could look at everyone and say, you know, I felt that I've been that you've been the poor person on the street. You've been the rich person in the penthouse. You, when you can say, I felt it all, then you complete this realm, this schoolhouse, this level of incarnation. And then you go to the next level where there's more and more. So the soul remembers each experience as an emotional imprint. Mm -hmm. And when you've owned an experience, you've gained the pearl of wisdom of that experience. And that means you've completed a level in a sense. That's how I understand it. This is just my kind of um, story of mythology, of mythologizing these spiritual, the spiritual progress. I yeah. mean, there are many stories. So this is one that I feels the most real to me, but it's still a story. It's not any more real than anybody else's. It's so beautiful. Um, Thank you. I just, I'm just like taking in the moment. It's like, ah, yeah, soaking it up. And in addition to what you're saying, uh, you can back it up by, for example, if when people are on new realities, YouTube, all the people you've interviewed and connected with, for example, Dr. Hawkins, the American psychiatrist, he's so brilliant. And I've watched so many of his videos and he's a legend. You've got the depth of his soul and his wisdom and the science and the knowledge of who he is and what he studied and, and what he's about. So when you're- And I'm uh, passing that on to you, Katie. And you are. You're passing it on to me specifically and the, the listener and the viewer. So, I mean, this is magnificent. And But I have to say, I didn't agree with everything Hawkins did because when he would measure certain levels of people's consciousness, this is 700s, 500, you know, not... They were always through his own body's kinesiology. And I said to him, isn't that, you know, prejudice based on what you're thinking it is? And he goes, no, I'm clear. I, I, I and, and he's, and no one is, we're all coming through a filter. So I didn't agree. I mean, yes, maybe some of his understanding of energetic measurements were whatever they truly were. But I think some others were um, influenced by his own ideas of 
what he thought they were. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Other people may not agree. Also, though, it's great that he showed up and was able to have a clear distinction on A, B, yes, no. And then from the interview and all, you know, the relationship you had with him, you were able to take the gems with you on your journey and whatever didn't align with you, you were able just to dismantle and let it go. And you didn't bring that forth through your consciousness sharing right now. And so same thing with the person tuning in, they're going to attune to certain things and then some things they're not going to attune to and that's totally fine. But like take the gift of the evolution of the conscious conversation and, you know, and keep it flowing. Well, that's why I wrote this book. It's from many, many different perspectives. It's not Mm -hmm. just my opinion. So take what resonates with you or be open to what doesn't resonate and see if it can stir something and put the picture together yourself. What is making contact? What does that mean to you? What is contact? Who would want to make contact with us? What are these other beings? But you know, this takes thinking outside the box. You know, if you're just hanging out with your friends and you're going out and eating rust, which is all fine, most people don't think about this. And then there's other people say, yeah, I saw something in the sky. I had a strange experience. I saw a ghost. I I felt my relatives come through. I felt, you know, I saw a mystical vision. So this is what I'm opening up to. Okay. I also, I want to share, speaking of all of this, and we mentioned Barbara Lamb. So I want to read what she wrote um, in your book. Making Contact is the most comprehensive book I have ever read about the UFO ET phenomenon. It is a powerful introduction for people discovering this field of interest, a rich resource for people well acquainted with the phenomenon. A fascinating read, Barbara Lamb, Contact, regression therapist, speaker, and author. I have so much respect for Barbara. She has been on the front line. She is like the grand dame of the UFO abduction experience. She regresses people. So she's heard and seen it all. And to get that sort of recommendation from her, I was really honored because she's been around. She knows what's out there. Yeah. And you, uh, I learned about her because of you. And then gratefully, thank you so much. You invited me to the hybrid conference that you're a part of collectively with Wish Alliance. Tell people what hybrids are because I don't yeah. think what you want to tell them. You tell uh, them. No, I think what, you need to tell them. I'm curious about what you learned. Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, Let's talk about that. A couple things I would like to say. First, Barbara is, you know, when I look at her, she could be my grandmother, literally. So definitely the way she speaks is so calm and so eloquent. And since she's literally, as you would say, been around the block or been around the centuries (laughs) or the decades, (laughs) decades, I would say that she is so cool, calm and collective. And it's not the woo woo of like the colors and the the space. And that's where it loses a lot of people. So she's really, she's really grounded in the way she speaks of what we're talking about, the topic of the unknown and the mystical right. of what could be, but not making it a, a, a fantasy. Cause I think a lot of people judge it when it becomes that. So I want to have like here a real grounded conversation. So people, and I can explain why you invited me to the conference. I'm an artist. I think you're definitely an artist and we're artists and people tuning in are artists. And some people, you know, I think we're all artists in a way, but I am very open. I, what I reflected about hybrid conference before we get into the hybrids, when I was in this hybrid conference, eight hours, one day, listening intently, just learning. I know I'm a very open-minded person and I know what people say about me, you know, oh, I'm out there or I'm wild or I'm crazy or this and this. 
And I'm like, no, I'm not wild and crazy. Like, this is normal. I'm a seeker. I'm interested. Like, there's so much out there. Let's get going. <laughs> and then I'm I'm in it. And there's some things I'm vibing with. There's brushstrokes of what I've heard, of what I know. And then I'm learning a bunch of things that we can talk about. But what I reflected was in the moment of, of how open I am. And I think I'm one of the most open people. How I could be in that position and think, oh, this is a bit out there. Or this is a bit this or that. And I'm like, oh, that's how people think about me when I'm normally me. Now I understand Mm -hmm. how they are when I'm normally me because I'm like this when people who are more evolved or in advance or more into this topic than I am, you know, learned and spent more time here. Although I'm like open to it, I haven't been obsessed with it or made it my life duty as you have and the people in the book, you know, every single day. But I've known about from years. So that was a really big understanding for me to respect other human beings of where they are, because I know the openness of the evolution of the consciousness of the free will and the unknown and the exciting. But I also understand the detriment and the judgment on the other side of being closed off and not knowing. And it could be scary what you don't know. And then having more compassion for the people who are maybe in that position. And also maybe like, I don't want to say dumbing it down, but grounding it so it's not some woo-woo thing because it's already so much for people to comprehend to make any of that woo-woo on top of it and sometime quote unquote spiritual talk. It's over people's heads and it's a different language and two things one language is like when we're babies we're feeling all this stuff inside but we don't have the words and then someone like your friend dr joe dispenza says something specifically and then you're like oh that's what i was meaning to say there's a language to it so you're in the language of all these people and some people this is a new foreign language so like taking baby steps with it so i think it's an important thing for us to do that in this And, and we're also creating a new language because we're actually um, connecting or, uh, with concepts that are beyond words. These ETs, whatever they are, they do not think as language as we understand it. They don't. It's more a cluster of meanings where it's more like emojis. You say you give someone a thumbs up. That just doesn't mean yes. It means right on. It means so many different things this kind of cluster of of symbols. So the understanding that language is a communication of symbols that are not concretized as one thing, but mean a many associated things, I think is a new way that we're communicating, a need to communicate. Yeah, and breaking it down even more, Neil in the hybrid conference was talking about Tibetan chants and meditation. And I love, ever since I was a kid, I love Tibetan chants, sound meditation, and the vibration, mm, the, the vibration of the sound. So he was saying that the ETs aren't speaking, like you said, with the language of the word. They're more speaking maybe of the emoji, of the sound, of the vibration. It is like a um, vibratory communication. It's mm-hmm. not specifics. It's, it's an impression of feelings. Mm-hmm. It's feelings are the key. Yeah. And see, it, when you have... Uh, universe, right? You Music is the key that connects us all through sound, vibration, through a feeling. And there's so many words and thoughts going on, but people feel so much more than words could ever say when they hear a song. And even if we don't speak the same language, we all have all these different feelings happening. Right. I think music is a real key to understanding a greater consciousness because words can be very limiting. 
Mm-hmm. So we have to intuit, we have to feel what everyone's saying. We have to open our hearts, open our feeling senses. So I'm trying to feel what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. And I just love your excitement because, you know, you're hungry for knowledge. Thirsting for it. And our mutual friend, Jeff Carrillo, he's the one that taught me. Uh, he gave me a bunch of audios and I learned from him that uh, universe uh, one song means universe. That's the meaning of the universe. One song, and that's how Uni-verse. we all verse. Uni yeah. one verse song. Yeah. Yes, right. And that's and how. What is that? What is that one song? What is that one song? It's harmony. It's love. It's it's a peace. It's the tranquility of being. It's the um, it's dropping beyond the mind into a place of pure feeling. That's the song. So let's talk about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. So you were mentioning the heart. And I would like to lead by saying, um, one, as you already know, uh, we have over 40,000 neurons in our heart. It's so intelligent, our heart. However, in life, we're very primal beings, but we've been taught to be domesticated. We've been taught to stay confined in our own cages of no, to cut yourself short to not take up space. So you're saying for the love and to be in the love of it, but people have to learn how to be in the love and how to trust. Well, well, to let go of their mind, you know, to let go of what they have been brainwashed and conditioned to think. If we can let go of this idea of the personality of who you think you are and forget your identity that has confined you because you, you, you like this baseball, you like this politician, you People identify with things. And then when you insult or say something about something that's not even connected to you, except by your belief system, people get offended because they have identified self with these forms. And that's not who they are. You know that nothing, you are not your personality, Katie. You're not your history. You're not your face or your body. You're none of that. You know who you are? Do you know? Yes, yes, yes. Who are you? Then? No thing. Yes. So no thing that is, you know, a presence of being, you know, that is. So we have to let go of all the the identifications like I am this. Anytime you um, have a word after I am, you have limited yourself into doing that. And that's not who we are. We're nothing that we could think because it's not about thinking. It's about being. So your left brain is only half your reality, the right brain, the intuitive part, the creative part, the part that's tapped into the unseen is the other part, but you need both. You need both left and right in order to be a whole brain creature and function with rationality and intuition and creativity and love and predictability. And I mean, practicality in a sense, but follow what the feelings are telling you, follow those feelings. And, you know, I think Einstein said that um, your intellect will get you from A to B, but your imagination imagination will get you everywhere else. So it's like we are in this magical universe and we make it into things. Oh, that's a tree. That's a wall. That's a plant. But if you ever go up to a tree and forget that it's a tree, then you're standing face to face with an incredible being, an incredible living, pulsing reality of creation that has no identity. It's just you and that or whatever that thing or an animal. It's just like, don't 
identify things. Don't identify yourself. One of my favorite cartoons was from New Yorker magazine. You know, New Yorker magazine? Uh, love. All right. So there's a guy at the bar and he's kind of drunk and he's yelling at the bartender saying, hey, pal, you have no idea who I think I am. So we all have this story about ourselves, but it's just a story. And it may have happened, but it's not real. Now, there is no reality to your past story except the ones that you reinforce. So you're free right this minute, Katie, to be anything, think anything, do anything and feel everything. So I love what you're saying. And I would just like to say thank you. And I would also like to say, based on what you're saying, it's really exciting because you know what you're talking about. And I know what you're talking about because I've done it so many times. And because I've done it so many times, I know it's possible. But I know there's a bunch of people through along my journey thus far. I know there's a lot of people who don't know what you're talking about and who don't know what I've experienced to know what you're talking about. So they're always in that victimized, survival. They've never seen the grass greener on the other side. They've never been not attached to their own suffering that they, there's like that black wall where it's like they can't get past it to, to detach. So from- how do we help those people? What do you exactly. do? Well, how can we? Are well, you asking me? Well, I wanted to ask you, what oh, is I was going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we can go there. But first, <laughs> no, please. I'll, I'll, you can ask me. Go ahead. You are my guest. Please, please. It doesn't have to be one or two, but what are what's one or or two or three, however many examples and brushstrokes or ideas or specific things, steps you take, Alan Steinfeld, to know, to be aware. I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm in my territory. How are, how do you catch the awareness that you're in it for one thing? And what steps do you do to get to that place? Well, when you say my name, I'm then reminded about all the things that I think I am. No, it's okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So I think the best place is sitting in nature. Really, that when you are just sitting in the forest or by a river or actually at the ocean and you're you're just staring at what's the world around you and there's maybe no one around, there's the sense of identity and self and this story starts to dissolve because there's no one there to uphold your story to. When you wake up in the morning, you have to tell yourself who you are every day just in order to, you know, and that's a good thing because you have to go out in the world, but that's never who you are. People who are victimized by their history, they think that they're in their history and they carry it with them. And that's, there's no need to do it. You're, we're all present beings right now. Mm-hmm. And when you're, that's another technique, there's nature and there's just right here, right now. Do you know what I mean by mm-hmm. right here, right now? What do I mean? What do you think I mean? Being right here, right now. Yeah. What does that mean to you? To me, it's being present, open, aware. Mm-hmm. I'm here. How do, you, how do you be present? By listening. That's one way. Yeah. Another way, if someone wants to know if this, if you're in your head, am I present? Uh, I know a, t- a trick and a tool is like put awareness to your feet and that your feet are on the ground. And that makes you grounded and present because you're aware that your feet are on the ground, which means your attention, your mind, your monkey mind isn't thinking about a million other things because you're aware that your feet are on the ground right now. And that makes you present. But another way is just dropping in. Come on, drop in with me. Drop, drop, take a breath and forget everything you're thinking right now. All the questions, just forget it all, right? Just forget everything that's going through and just feel your whole body. Feel every, just feel everything. And there, 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 now, that now, oh yes, when you started to smile, that was a, li- that was a let go. 
That was something, that was a shift. I was feeling when you were saying all that, I was attuning to the giddy, the, the subtle energy that's vibrating, that that's exciting within me. You know, that life force, I guess people would say, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that. I'm like, oh, it's vibrating over here and I'm feeling where it is in my body and just sitting in it and just kind of smirking at that awareness. Well, it's always there all the time if you drop into it. It's always there because you have a lot of vitality. So it's always pulsing through you. So let yourself feel it, right? Allowing afraid- ourselves to feeling it, yeah. Don't be afraid to feel all that aliveness. Well, it's like, don't, saying don't look, don't think about the elephant in the room and then you see a pink elephant or whatever so right so right. it's easy so to say don't do this but what can we do to replace that with a, a <clears throat> positive enjoying each moment in this incredible creation exactly and always remembering no matter what through the eye of the storm up down in between it's all a learning experience even the blackest of the black or the worst of the worstest thing in the world there's still beauty in that because like Khalil Gibran says, when you understand the depths of sorrow, you know, then you can really appreciate the 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 highs of the joy. But how are you understanding the fruitful of all the joyous of the joy if you don't know what the bottom of the pit feels like? Right. And I think beyond duality, there's just this. There's just this. Simply mm-hmm. this. I, I mean, I've studied with a lot of these advised teachers and they all say, it's just this moment. Be here now. Ramdas said this. In each moment, there was a teacher, Polo, said, in each moment, that's the trick. Each moment, just as it is. Mm-hmm. And you said you with all these what teachers? Advaita. Advaita means non-dual teachers. There's, um, you know, that's a Hindu philosophy that there is no duality. There is no this or that. There's only this. Mm. There's only this now. So you're transcending this um, past, future, male, female, day, night. There's only this. If there's only this, this is whatever it is. There is no day or night because you're so present that there's just this. And we're here and we're in this and we're here. And and that's we- the only place we can ever be. Yeah. And we can just keep staying here. So <laughs> well, there's no place to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, so, so we can just re- for a moment, we could just relax into that. Mm-hmm. Right. Can Without asking. A qu- I mean, if you want to, of course, but it just relax into this right mm-hmm. yeah good now you're actually slowing down you're actually more present those that all that was it's great i mean you could be anywhere you want but there's another part of you that's emerging now because you're 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 dropped in speaking of dropped in i feel like i'm shrinking right now do i look smaller you, like you, i just feel like you, i just shrunk you no know, you know what's shrinking <laughs> is this um hyperness this this activity this 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 doing 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 and so that's just and that's maybe an identity for you i don't know but as that starts to get more silent and relaxed that starts to come into you so that's my understanding what's shrinking this thing is now just coming into the center of who you are just can you feel that? I'm feeling it. And I'm telling you right now, I'm deaf. Thank God. Thank goodness gracious for recording this because I'm going to go back to the recording, specifically this part to see, I feel half the size right now. Well, it's the, it's the agitation <laughs> that's contained. It's not agitation in a negative way. It's just like this, you know, there's so much going on for you and you're, and you're, and, and you're all over the place. Is that what they say about you? Yeah. And I feel like right now I just have to scream to like... <laughs> 
what to go back to the old identity, right? Right, right. But Not, you don't have to go back. No, I don't have to go back to that. You don't have to be all over the place, right? No, I'm right maybe, here. Well, maybe you'll have to change the title of your show. No, 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 no. Okay, we, we love it. I'm yeah, yeah. You. Oh, yeah. It's a joke. Oh, yeah. Isn't isn't the name of the show she's all over the place? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, suddenly you're not all over the place. Suddenly you're collapsing, shrinking, bringing all that all over the place right here. I love it. And you want to know what's really exciting? What? Peter O. Estevez, he's amazing entrepreneur over 25 years, multimillionaire. He has the Coming Clean podcast. I would love to make an intro introduction for you too. But he reminded me of top five and the top five, you know, the analogy probably of top five, right? The top five no. people. Shall I of share what? with you? Okay. So when I was a kid, I had mentors, people I looked up to, and they were like my top five. Then I moved to California and I sought out new mentors, new coaches coming from my cross-country background running, I always had coaches in my life to coach me to where the potential of who I could be, where I could go. And then like I outgrew them and kind of went on this whole entire journey. And then like he had this amazing woman on his podcast that I listened to. And then I had a conversation with him and he reminded me of it. And my friend Matthew from South Africa taught me years ago that five people, whether they're male and female, it's the same identity of how the masculine and female energy of the relationships of all people in the world. So based off who your top five is, the way Peter O. Estevez explains it and the woman on his podcast explains it is, you know, you never want to be the smartest in the room. And why not? Me personally, I want to always, for example, I want to soak up everything that you know and look up to you. What are you reading, right? Making contact. Uh, who are you talking to? What are you doing? All the people you've interviewed over 30 years, I want to, you know, be a sponge and suck that up. So if I I'm the smartest one in the room. I will, and my cup's already full. I want to surround myself with the new top five so I can be excited to learn more, to evolve more. So I'm just saying, like, I'm, I, I've known you for almost 10 years now. I mean, in 2014, we met, but, but everything has divine quote unquote timing. <laughs> I, I'm not really into time, but you know how that is. That's another conversation. But I want Alan Seinfeld on my new top five. You know, I'm ready to like whoosh, put you on my new top five. Here we I go. You're not going to get rid of me now. No, that's okay. You're sweet. You're kind. <laughs> and and you have a great mind. And um, I think you're at the threshold of another level for you. It feels like there's something emerging in you that you're ready for and maybe even waiting for. Yes but didn't know what it was. Yes. I mean, not that it's me or, or what I'm saying. It's something for you. It's you. It's something, you know, it's like another stage of the rocket. It's another, it's a flowering. It's like everything you've been doing has le led you to this new point of change. Mm -hmm. It's a time like you're in this motion of being something different, of new, yes. unfolding like a flower, like something, because everything you've done has gotten you to who you are now. And maybe you're ready to let go of who you are now, because maybe that's not who you ever was anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're the essence underneath mm -hmm. that. Yes. 
Exactly. You're speaking my language. Everything that's happened from the moment I said earlier about the knowing, the evolution of where I am now, and I won't toot my horn or get into those things. No, you right. can toot your horn. <laughs> not, uh, I like to hear what it sounds like. So, I mean, a couple brush strokes, everyone, like like mm -hmm. uh, like so many people anywhere I go all around the world, they're just they're just like magnetized. They're like, they're like, oh, you're going to be really big. You're going to do something really. It's like, and it's like, what, what, or I know, I know, but what is it? What it's like, it's like that, like you said, the undiscovering of, I don't even know fully what it is yet because that's the gift of life, but it's, it is something miraculous and it's something very beautiful. And well, so when you, when you just be yourself and I mean, you are yourself now, but when you like get underneath the personality and discover what's driving the excitement, what's, <laughs> what is the pure essence of you? Yeah then that will feel like emerge, that will flower, that will blossom mm -hmm. into your true self, this true divine being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's good. You don't have to say anything. I mean, you can if you want, but just drop in and just feel and relax your face a little bit. <gasps> there you go. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do anything. You don't have to do anything. There. Thank you. That was a genuine, real smile. Yes. <laughs> that is genuine. Yeah. You, with, with not doing, you know, the Chinese say, Wu Wei Wu, do not doing. There's not, let it be done through you as you, but you don't have to be the doer. You need to have your own. I mean, you can be a, an acting teacher for, for people. <laughs> right. Whatever. But it's just that dropping in. Now you're dropped. You look totally different. You're in a way more relaxed. You're more. And you I feel, feel it. it. I feel yes, it. Yes. Yes. And so there's nothing you ever have to do. If, I mean, you can do all that other stuff, which is great because you're good at it and you're entertaining and delightful in many ways, you know, but there's this other wisdom, it feels like to me, that emerges from this space. You know, mm -hmm. this is just my perception. Other people might say, what's that, what's that guy talking about? But I'm seeing this maturing of the being, you know, this the great, the greater mm, intelligence, no more like greater essence mm -hmm. coming, coming through you. Wow. I'm thank you. And I'm so excited for anyone, uh, whoever's watching and listening, because this is going to be a start of a new journey. Since you're on my new top five, people will be able to see the evolution of my pure essence and dismantling the the other stuff. So it'll it'll be a journey. It'll be an exploration. Well, it's a journey, but it's also right here, right now. There's uh -huh. no journey. Uh -huh. I mean, there can be, but it's right here, right now. <sighs> Thank yeah. you for breathing. So something that keeps coming up um, yes. that I want to share with you um, based off of some of the things you're sharing. And I mentioned you and Dr. Joe Dispenza have been friends for so many years, decades. And what he is saying in science for over two decades is what all the modern scientists are saying now. So I've binged, you know, Dr. Joe for years, have been a big fan and I cannot wait to meet him in person. <laughs> you know, when you were mentioning, mentioning the personality and I know because I've studied, but based on the, the personality and, and what you're talking about, if you could maybe share more of your, um, 
um, wisdom on that and maybe encompass some wise words from your friend, Dr. Joe Dispenza. That could be really cool. Yeah, no, Joe, I know Joe from the Ramtha School. We were both students there before he went on the road and became this incredible teacher. He was actually teaching at this mystery school, which I was a part of for 20 years. He was a part of that. So it was like, it was about, I don't know, it was a lot of us there, but it was this sort of sacred teachings. But one thing Joe says, and I quote him in my book, do you have the book there, right there somewhere? I do. Okay. At the end of the introduction, on the last page of the introduction, do you see before we go into chapter one, I have a quote by Joe, and this is really key to, I think, what I'm trying to say in this book and what Joe's work is about. Do you see the quote by Joe? No, I like that quote. There's a quote in there that basically he says that knowledge prepares us for the experience, right? So I wrote this book in order to give people knowledge because they haven't had the experience of making contact yet. But when you have the knowledge, you're prepared more to have the experience. So lots of people see things in the sky. They don't know what that is. But reading this book is a preparation for when we do meet the unknown, we do encounter those realities, we have a reference point for it. So you and your show are preparing people for other levels of experience mm-hmm. because you're making this available to them. You can have experience without knowledge, but it's harder to integrate that. If you have knowledge, then experience has a reference point. Like, do you know the difference between cognition and recognition? Share with me. Well, you have to rec- you have to recognize something. You have to recognize something. Rec- recognition means to recognize. Cognition means to understand something for what it is without recognition. So growing up, someone says, that's a table, this is a chair, that's a ceiling. You take that in, you touch it. It's like, oh, okay, I know what that table and chair is. So when you see it someplace else, you can recognize it because it's already been absorbed into your psyche. But when you meet, when you see something unrecognizable, we have to open a space in our minds to bring in that reality, to cognize that reality, to to make it real for us. If we don't cognize something, it's not in our awareness, but we're here to meet the unknown and cognize new realities Mm -hmm. of unknown awareness. Mm -hmm. This is evolution. This is the evolution of thought. This is the evolution of um, being, of intellectual development even. No words characterize um, specific things when we talked about words before, but if we have an experience there's no words for, then it's harder to communicate it. But if we can cognize it, integrate it, and communicate it, then we might be able to find the words that will communicate my experience to your experience. And some of that's just telepathic. What we were doing before, where we're dropping in to that self of you, there's no words for that, but it was a communication of nonverbal awareness that you were just deciding to mm-hmm. drop into and be your pure essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, also, just this is like such a different independent example, but I heard with branding, uh, the human eye, they need to, like if you're introducing a brand, it's not just like a one-time thing. It takes the human 15 right. times to see it before it goes. Recognition, mm-hmm. yes. The cognition is so sometimes dense that you have to see it, see it. Oh yeah, that's what that is. 
is, you know, that's what that is. So yeah, it takes time to have recognition. So how do we deal with something we have no recognition for? That's what I'm asking you, Katie. How do we deal with something that we have no recognition for? Yeah. How do you, let's say you see something strange in the sky that you've never seen before. What do you do with that? How do you integrate that into your experience? How do you even talk about it or communicate that with someone else who may not have the experience? I'm just asking you. I'm just, yeah. I don't, I don't have well, an answer. I can give you uh, a short, fun story that I've never told anyone from. Well, it's just us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when I was a kid, um, I remember, you know, 14, my boyfriend would come pick me up and in Michigan, driving down this one road, always going from one city to the next, it was very, it would get very, very smoggy and cloudy. And so we would drive. And when we were driving, because of how cloudy it would get, there was like this tall building and it, it was circular with lights going around. So as a kid, I was like, Ooh, you know, I got those butterflies in my finger toes in, in my toes in the tips of my toes and my fingers and I'm like oh it's a UFO it's, and I really always thought it was a UFO and they were like by my house camping out and then later on I realized um with no fog there oh this is like um something and then it's like a water tank or something and it's still there and I, and I every time I pass it, I'm like oh when I was a kid I thought that was a UFO you know I thought it was one of the space shuttles that you know as a kid you hear about you hear about things so it's kind of one of the like recognitions that I had based on maybe movies or what people, what I would, what my frequencies would attune to, what I would hear with the cosmic intelligence of communication of consciousness that was buzzing around my energetic environment. Um, Now I would like to shift into, you know, through the decades of being involved with uh, people like yourself and going to Conscious Life Expo and um, understanding like contact in the desert and you're a speaker there, like, you know, you're like the headliner at contact in the desert and- Well, one of them maybe. Yeah, yeah. but you're like the, you're like, like the person, like, you know, at contact in the desert. I'm telling you from an outside perspective, someone who goes to Disclosure Fest and, you know, Jeff introduced me to the Owner of Disclosure Fest. Yeah, us- Adrian, I was just at Disclosure Fest a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's very cool. He was going to have the sophisticated psychos perform because of the music we make. It's were, conscious were you music. There? Were you there? In no, oh. not not this time, but oh. I've been there before um, in Los Feliz. was the only time I went where it was like a few days and it was in mm. Los Feliz. It was really cool. And Jeff had his booth set up and uh, the Ormus guy was there. Uh, do you know um, the Ron guy? Ron Holman. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. Um, I actually put some of his... Um, Ormus beauty stuff on my I face. like Ron, yeah. He's yeah. nice. He's very nice. He's a good friend of mine. I like him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Very cool. So that's speaking from the, you know, the people who buzz around the the conscious festivals and events and stuff. I'm just, you know, what people say. So, and it's exciting. So, um, you know, what they say about you specifically and who you are, you know, so you're like a rock star in these spaces. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So through learning, I've just been ob- observing and I see how frustrating a lot of people will be and get because of the the resistance and the denial of of what What, i'm telling you right now oh sure okay the (laughs) resistance and the denial of what you mentioned at the beginning of the show of the government it's like we people we had to prove people had to prove that this is real and it's like 
it was such chaos to have to prove. And like you said, during the pandemic, now government has stated, yes, UFOs are a thing. And so there's that there's that equilibrium line of not having to admit. And then people will be like, oh, yeah, we told you so. But then since there's this new evolution of, you know, this blanket of yes, yes. And now what? So I would like to talk about that a bit, you know, um, the evolution of it's taken so long just for now for government yeah. to say yes. And when people already knew it for such a long time, and which created so much animosity with other humans to fight against other humans, trying to prove what they know or a feeling of their experience and denying another human being of their own experience because uh, a governed law didn't approve it to be true. Right. First of all, we can't expect to rely on government or other people to, to tell us what is true. I think that's one of the bigger lessons about all this. Like no one can tell you what's true for you. You know what's true for you. So that was part of, I think, what we had to learn. If I'm having a UFO experience and, and I'm seeing something or feeling or interacting, I don't need government to tell me, oh, you've had a real experience. But we, there is also on another level, the official reality. There's the world that other people live in or we think other people live in. So we all have to kind of get along in this kind of artificial reality. But the real, true or deeper reality is that which you're experiencing. And I think, you know, some people may be frustrated that the government hasn't come forward, but they know what they've experienced. They know that to trust their own mind, their own consciousness, their own interactions with a, another level of being is more exciting than what someone can okay you, okay, say, oh yeah, you're right. So trust yourself. It comes down to trusting yourself. Trust your mind, trust your experience, trust trust your perceptions. They may not always be right, but it's you. And if someone comes along and says, you know, maybe you could see it a little bit this way or a little bit that way, you thank them because maybe they are seeing something you're not seeing and they, and we're all in this world to reflect each other, right? So we're all here to help each other evolve. If you're seeing something I'm not seeing, and even if it's something I'm doing and you're seeing this, it's like, oh, you're reflecting a part that maybe I'm not seeing. So trust yourself, but we can also trust other people and, and helping us evolve together. Mm -hmm. So getting back to the whole UFO thing, yes, these there's more sightings. There's more interactions that people are having in a dream state. There seems to be more just an awareness that there's a reality to this. And when we are really, when let's say the government or the media comes forward and says, guess what? We're not alone. It'll just be a sigh of relief. It's not like I told you so. It's like, thank you. Now we can get on with the true purpose of being here. Now we reach a level playing field where we're supposed to begin at and welcome the rest of the cosmos in because maybe they have technology that's going to get us off of fossil fuels, the addiction to fossil fuels, the, maybe the technology to clean up the planet, help with disease, help with social structures, help with um, our warlike nature. I think the more open we are, the more we can benefit from whatever is out there that's not looking to invade our world, but looking to uplift it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the debt that we're in as a society and the banking system, it's, it's just like the hole is so deep, like for that to be uplifted and nourished. Well, they're not going to save us from ourselves. That's our mm. own creation. And it's a total fabrication debt. I mean, who's the debt? Who's in debt to? It's that's a corporate plot. 
this whole idea. I mean, if they make money and then charge interest on what they're making, then they're fabricating it twice fold. I mean, I think, yes, of course, there's debt if you borrow money, all that. That's true. But there's something strange underneath all that. Maybe I just don't understand it, but I think we need to change that whole system. Do Look at the movie Thrive 2. Oh. I just interviewed the director, Foster Gamble. He talks about non-authoritarianism, where we don't need some higher authority to answer to as far as how we're functioning in society. Yeah. So we need a huge shift if we're really going to get this act together and meet the others on an even playing field. Mm -hmm. We just have to see what is the fair way of living. What is fair for everyone? Not just the corporate interests, which are only, they only want to make more and more money. It's like what Deepak, what that quote by Deepak Chopra that you read. It's not me and my, can you read that again? Like what did you read? Because I want to read that. Mm-hmm. Here we go. That's we we cannot separate the earth from its greater cosmic environment. What is needed is a new story. And Alan Steinfeld's making contact is a part of that story. Deepak Chopra. But the first part of that line, you cannot separate me and mine from what? You cannot separate the earth from its greater cosmic right. environment. Right, right, right. So we don't own anything. It's like we're all here together, basically, is what I'm saying. So how do we live in a world where mm, there's really an abundance, isn't there? Of Really? It's unlimited. It's totally unlimited. But what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. And when I show up to an audition or something, no one's my competition because no one has what I have and I don't have what they have. And if it's meant for them, it's going to be for them. If it's meant for me, it's going to be for me. And there's enough for everyone. Exactly. There's totally enough for everyone. And you're unique in who you are to say this is mine. And I don't know, there's something about Mm, the financial system that just seems corrupt. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning, you know, the fossil fuels. So I'm thinking, you know, the banks who are going and they're doing all these things that are really hurting the environment. So by, you know, defunding the banks and now they're decentralizing everything with, you know, um, environmental mining and crypto Mm -hmm. and doing it. And so we can be independent, like you said, not having a higher hierarchy. Part of the corporate interest is to not acknowledge the UFO existence because they're not here to fill up their cast tank. They're not getting here across whatever time, right there, they use another form of energy that is probably unlimited, that if the corporations knew that they'd be out of business, if that was to be something that every, imagine having a little battery in your apartment or house there where you plug everything in and it was totally renewable all the time. And you just had something like that in your car that you never had to fill up. It just ran on perpetual motion. Or I think the universe functions on free energy. You Mm -hmm. know, I think Mm -hmm. that's in the zero point. They're calling that the zero point. So I think that will be more of a game changer than aliens and UFOs showing up. It's like, but there's going to be a lot of um, upset within the corporate interests to make sure that doesn't happen. There was a movie in the, I guess, 80s or 90s, Who Killed the Electric Car? Hmm. Because these electric cars were, now it's everywhere. Now there's been an adjustment to it. But when they first came out, there was a whole effort on the part of gas companies to to make sure that never happened, electric cars. Mm -hmm. And so we have to say, how are we feeding that corporate structure? How do we, how can we make a change so everyone can live equally free in abundance and in the pursuit of happiness? 
Well, the yeah. very first thing is uh, pulling out the toxicity and the root of the systems that aren't serving us that are... Um, what is that toxicity? What is it? It's Well, it's a multitude of things. It's entangled. So we have it's to... It's greed. It's greed. Yes, of course. The pig, the greed, the number one thing is the, the ego and people knocking past the, you know, materialistic uh, two-dimensional world of, you know, just the the materials and it's greed totally it's greed but we're not you can take what you want to take your greed with you where where are you taking it <laughs> right you, where are you can't taking take it with you when you where are you taking that greed so Nowhere. i want to keep going on this um i definitely want to read this because uh you know alex gray is one of my favorites uh alex gray and allison gray artists and um i haven't met them in person actually Al oh. alex i did one time you you should come up to Cosm. We'll go up there. Let's go. Upstate New York. That's Let's where go. there are. Yeah. Let's definitely. go. Let's go. Uh, right. Chapel of Sacred Mirrors. I would love to. Let's go. Um, I'm actually thinking about getting a place there too. Um, up in upstate New York? Uh, like Hudson Valley. How far is it Hudson. from Hudson Valley? Yeah, yeah, it's Hudson Valley. Yeah, I was and thinking out of the city, if everything's going to be happening, maybe get a place there because I have my car. So it feels like you're in Europe, you know, like it's so beautiful and charming with all the land and all the animals. So <laughs> I was thinking maybe we'll see there are Ohio. Uh, we'll see. I was just in Ohio. I really liked Ohio. Love, love Ohio. It's so I, cool. I like could the people live in there. Ohio. You can live. In, okay. So if I have a place there or you have a place there, we'll be there and, and Hudson. We can go to both places. Yeah, Ojai was just kind of a nice, small, perfect little town. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the Ojai Valley Inn. I used to go to that spa all the time. I know time. the Ojai Valley Inn. Yes. Yeah, I've I done love a that. lot a of damage. Place. Oh, yeah. I've done a lot of spa damage there. <laughs> spa damage? Well, I guess I guess going to the spa isn't damage, but um, it was amazing. The spa there is great. It's great. I'm not a golfer, but I'm just in the spa. But long story short, Alex Gray and Allison Gray, new realities are upon us. This is from Alan Steinfeld's new book. Alan Steinfeld provides one of the most informed and open-minded overviews of communication with alien intelligence and the UFO slash UAP phenomenon in his book, Making Contact. So that's Alex Gray and Allison Gray, the artists. They're amazing. Look them up. They've on been good friends. They're really great people. Yeah. They're dedicated to creativity and bringing in these new realities through their art. Right. So that's what I wanted to share. You said, what is one way we can do this? And that's why it brought me to... Uh, Alex and Allison, because through art, we can communicate in that language. You're right. You're well, right. not right, but no, that, you're you right. gave that me the inspiration. Art is a new language for communication. Yes. yes. And then, so that I would like to talk about. And also the slash is UAP. So the government circling back around on that, the UFO, the government is calling it UAP. So do you, can you share a little bit about that? Yes, that is a really good point. How'd you know about that? Because that's something I really... Really I think you. <laughs> that's a really key point in changing our awareness of this phenomena. So UFOs means unidentified flying object. And that was always such a joke because when you see something in the sky and you call it a UFO, you're, you're identifying it as unidentified, right? So that was a kind of oxymoron, a kind of double speak that didn't make any sense. How do you identify something as unidentified and then you think you know what it is? You don't, right? So the government, because there's much more to this thing than just an object, are calling them now UAPs, unexplained aerial phenomena. 
because these are not just objects. There's a phenomena. There's a telepathy. There's a um, transmission sometimes. There's effect on time space. People have missing time. They um, go into altered states of consciousness. When you see this these things in the sky. Have you ever seen something in the sky, Katie? Unusual? Of like, course. I mean, who hasn't? Have you seen a UFO, I'm saying? Or you, have you seen something I, like I'm that? I'm not, I don't know. If, I'm, I don't, I can't you be think for maybe certain. you have? Maybe you might have? Yes, I think maybe I might have, yeah. Well, you never forget those things. It has a huge impact on the consciousness of the observer. And so they're saying, this is a phenomenon. These are not objects. These go deep into the cognitive, like we're talking about cognition, but they go deep into the cognitive awareness of the person. That's what the government is realizing as they started to study these things more and more. There's a there's a influence on consciousness and you wouldn't have that happen if they were just flying objects. So in order to advance our understanding of this, they've shifted from UAP to from UFO to UAP. This is a kind of hint at what the bigger picture of this reality is really about as far as these mm-hmm. objects, be things, whatever these things are. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying. And um, to extend, just to communicate and share and to explore, keeping it on the ground level of, I feel, quote unquote, they. So when you say they, people are like, that's like a scary thing that could happen. But I feel, think, experience, and I haven't shared this because some things I've experienced, and we can talk later and now or whatever, but some things I've experienced, I kept sacred to myself and my knowing because sometimes when you say something, people will try to blah, blah, and like, and and try to make your painting a different color. We're like, oh, this is my painting. So by actually being silent and not communicating and not sharing, because a lot of people won't understand also in the times of mental health and, you know, uh, schizophrenia and, you know, illusions and, you know, putting a label on all these diagnoses, people can just write off this person is crazy or this person is this. And people were scared to talk back in the day because they could get locked up or something could happen to them or maybe even killed in some countries. But I feel that, quote unquote, they uh, speak to us, whether we're conscious and aware of it or not, through, like you said, um, Um, telepathy through the TV. I think that's true. It can come through. You can get signals and information. You can, absolutely. So don't doubt that. What kind of things have you gotten? Oh, so specifically for me, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I would go to the movies with a bunch of kids and all the kids are going and, you know, it's the times where you go to the movies just to be able to like hold someone's hands or to give them a kiss during the movie. Like that young. I would be in the movies. I would communicate. I would communicate through language, through the movies. I had signs telling me things. And I was very attuned and aware to all those things until I went to Hollywood and you kind of get a new layer of skin and you go into a new direction and you tell yourself, oh, I'm never going to forget these things. Um, I got signs, I said, from the universe. If I saw like a color or a signal, it was literally like, or a sign, it would, t- it would my instincts would tell me to go left or right or into this direction. I would right. tune into what was around me to see which direction I should go to. But specifically through movies, I definitely had communication through films. Yeah, but what was the actual community? I'm just curious, what information did you get? Oh, the information, they they kept encouraging me and telling me I was on my path and they would um, 
support me. And they were like my intuition to tell me to keep going on my path and to keep going in the direction and believe what I was believing in. And they would affirm that what I was thinking was correct. They would encourage me. Great. And they're still doing that. They're still encouraging you because here you are on your path, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and doesn't it feel good? Yeah, it feels good to be connected to it again and to learn, to keep learning what mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. And I think this is what's going to happen with the world as the world starts to make contact where you can open up to what you don't know and welcome it, or you can be afraid of it and say, no, go away. But this is evolution. You know, people didn't want to give up the horse and buggy uh, for this automobile, this this car because it was bulky, cumbersome, and you just had your horse. But eventually enough people said, okay, I'm going to try something new. And it's changed, you know, the face of the world. But we're into a new paradigm of thinking with this idea of making contact. Like, what does it mean to make contact? It's exactly what you just said, hearing communications, letting it come into you. And you were making contact with these vehicles that were talking to you on another level of awareness. And And that's exactly what making contact is. Yes. Thank you. And then two things I would like to share. One, you mentioned earlier about a knowing and like the, the work that you do in the space that you hold, but maybe there'll be a moment where I will be a vessel in a, in a bridge, in a space where, where I will be able to share and communicate certain things in a cool, calm kind of way with others, you know, and, and just be a vessel well, you're doing for that. that now. Aren't you doing that? True. Now? Truly, truly. Uh, truly, you're right. Truly, we're we're doing we're doing that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is that what you do on your program? That be a vessel for communication. Mm-hmm. To- exactly. It exact. That's exactly it. You know, it's like I get people who are geniuses in their specific field of interest and passion. And then I get to, you know, excitedly learn more and hold space. So then I can learn more, but then hold the space. So if someone else wants to know about that specific thing, they can go to your specific episode and take it in and then go to the next level to get your book and then go to your um, YouTube new realities. And then, you know, binge like, you know, a few weeks they have to catch up on three decades. So <laughs> to, to binge all the content keep with binging, keep binging. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yeah. mm-hmm. So no, that's it. We're here to just learn from each other. You know, Ramdas, you know, Ramdas love. Yeah, of course. Ramdas says we're just walking each other home. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love it. I love it. And then, so Nikki and I, my music partner, we have the sophisticated cycles, the very first album we made, I'll have you here and I'll send it to, you, but it's called take us home. That's the name of the album. It's called take us home. We're going, home. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the evolution, involution, evolution, the cycles of, of incarnation, of incarnation, reincarnation, all that. It's like, you know, we're old souls returning to the source, but after having the wisdom of embodiment, mm-hmm. of being, and then you can actually ascend the body back to higher frequencies when you so, own it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. What were you saying? Yeah. What I want to share with what I just shared for the very first time ever in my whole entire life, ever saying it out loud. Um, <laughs> then I reflect and contemplate through the years of hearing stories of green aliens or coming to you at nighttime and, you know, people being scared. And, and I would 
would always like, oh, well, I never, I never did that. And so I would start comparing my, my own experiences to other people's experiences, stories, and journeys. And I felt that was very conflicting throughout the years. And I didn't like that too much. So for anyone tuning in and hearing and listening and like, oh, well, I didn't experience this or someone who's had experience with. You're on a different level. Everyone's yeah. on a different level. So you you might not experience something, someone else. It's like we're all watching the same movie, but we're seeing it differently. You know, you just, so we can never compare your experience or my with anyone else's. You're unique for all your history and background and knowledge. It's sometimes people don't like somebody and then you meet them and you say, oh, this person's a great person because it just is their perspective. So I don't usually listen to what other people say about this is scary or that. You have to need, I mean, it's great sometimes to listen to people like, you know, don't need to do this. You don't need to touch the fire to know it's hot. I mean, there are things people can tell you, but most of our knowledge is based on experience. Mm -hmm. That's wisdom. That's the difference actually between knowledge and wisdom. You know, knowledge is what someone else tells you. Wisdom is comes from experience. So I love that. Yeah, that's what we're here. We're here to have the wisdom of experience. Growing up, I would say, oh, I want to, um, you know, once I experience it, once I feel it, I didn't have this language, once I feel it, once I taste it, but once I experience it, then I know. And then some person in my life growing up, well, why do you have to experience to know? It's like, a when's, when's a light bulb going to come on? When's a light bulb going to come on? Why do you have to experience to know? Obviously, That's the only way. It's obvious. No, the person would say, obviously, you know, you shouldn't do this. Then just don't do it. Why do you have to go and experience it if you know this is going to happen? Well, it's just like, why are you so jaded? And why are you so anti-experience? What is life about? You know, we're here to experience. Absolutely. Yeah. We are here to experience. Yeah. Speaking of experiences, I mean, I hope, uh, you know, I've had a great experience thus far. I hope you have as well. No, I've enjoyed working. I've enjoyed actually watching you sort of shift and morph then maybe I have too. I don't know. But yeah, you're very dropped in in a way where you're in touch with your feelings and emotions. And it's great to watch that. Yes. Thank you. I've enjoyed that. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, yeah. So circling full circle, um, anything else you want to bring up and share or talk about, um, set a message to maybe the newcomers or anyone who's tapping in right now? Well, I wrote this book, Making Contact as a way of making sense of the unknown. Something is out there that people have been seeing forever, probably for ages, for hundreds of years, but we haven't identified it. And somehow I think the veils between the dimensions are getting thinner. We're moving into higher rates of frequency. So I think we're going to have new experiences. I think this is what Joe Dispenza's work is about, changing our vibration. So maybe the Kundalini is waking up. The Kundalini energy is waking up people. Have you had a Kundalini awakening? Uh, I don't know. And the other thing I want to say is I've been doing Kundalini since I was 12 before I even knew Kundalini was a word. But I naturally felt the energy come up your spine. Oh yeah, of course. I love Kundalini is my favorite Kundalini and Tibetan meditation. Right. So anyway, some people just have that spontaneously because there's an awakening of consciousness that's happening. So I think we're really at exciting times. Mm -hmm. The human race is changing in our relationship to ourselves, the planet, and whatever's out there. There's a time of welcoming where we no longer have to feel we're like freaks of nature. You know, science would say, you know, life is an accident, it's an anomaly. It's 
they can't explain how it happened, but it wasn't supposed to happen. But what if that wasn't true? And what if life was an emergent property of creation? What if it was abundant throughout creation? What if it, intelligence was abundant? So when we start to tell that story, we start to feel differently about ourselves. We start to feel like um, maybe there's value in what I'm doing. Maybe it's for a greater, a greater purpose. Maybe civilization is not just a rise and fall of empires, but maybe it's an, it's a movement towards a, a greater awareness of who we are, like a divine sense of being that becomes the ahistorical outside of history, moving to a time outside of history where we can be at one with the divinity that we are, that mm -hmm. is emerging in us. And we, if we could live that way with each other, then I don't think there'll be wars or greed or poverty and atrocities and holocaust because we're all a reflection of each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that just comes to me to say, but I think making contact is a key to being more human. That's what I'm saying. There's more to us than we've been told by our education, our media, our politics, our religions, our governments. There's so much more. And that moreness is a part of a greater field a greater consciousness that transcends this planetary civilization that brings us to a greater uh, purview of awareness of being at one with the really great beings that inhabit the universe mm -hmm. and are not caught up into the pettiness that have uh, driven human emotion and division and subjugations. Yeah, so yes. We need to stop being enslaved to who we were and embrace who we can be. And what we were taught to be. So breaking the quote unquote generational trauma, breaking the generational systems, yeah. which is definitely happening on a multitude of levels. And I feel because of the pandemic, it's really opened up and dismantled a lot of the old grids and old ways. And it really oh, literally opened up the world, this planet to one another for us to really see for the very first time how we are in related and affected by one another in the right. Philippines. That is why they're coming in greater numbers. That is why it is the time for making contact. Exactly. I love what you said there. That's exactly the reason we're at this position to make contact with something greater because we've all been through this passageway of a greater mind. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way and, you know, people I speak to like you and my friends and everything like that, like it's artists, it's just, they think it's just the most exciting time to be alive. And we're so lucky to be where we are literally in this moment right now. And I mean, exactly. it's so- it is the most exciting time in human history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm just saying, let's have people have that as a takeaway, that we're at the forefront of the unknown, of change, of possibility, of things we've never seen before. So start making contact with yourself, with the planet, each other, and whatever unknown possibilities out there, because the unknown is waiting our discovery. Another takeaway of what you just said is step on how to do that. So one, obviously getting the book, making contact. Now it's available to read. And obviously with like Google, you can just highlight it and they, it can read to you nowadays with the technology. Do you right. have the audio as well yet? Yes. The audio is done really well by professional actors. I was really happy with how the audio came out. I read the introduction, but then we had actors read the other 11 chapters. Yeah. They actually really expressed these thoughts in very expressive ways. Yeah. The takeaway, 
I think is this book prepares us for meeting something beyond our very limited notion of reality. The preparation is that reality is not what we've been told. It's it's something almost unfathomable, but, but we have to know that's true in order to welcome it into our awareness. Maybe it's a whole nother book on like how to prepare, right? Or like step-by-steps of what people can do specifically. Well, first read the book with an open mind. You right. can do that. Mm-hmm. Know that there's more possible for each of us. Know that you're not your personality. Understand that the unknown is nothing to fear, but it's something to look forward to with anticipation and excitement because what we're fearing about the unknown is just our projection of the known. The unknown, there can be no fear because it's empty and available and forming. If you are afraid of it, you're just projecting your knownness onto it. Let go of what you know. Krishnamurti said true freedom is freedom from the known. When you can let go of what you know and welcome the unknown, you are surfing at the edge of forever. Mm, Beautiful. I'll have to like listen to that again. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Searching at the edge of forever? That's the title of my next book. No, I don't know about that. It could be. It's, it means you're in this present moment. You're leaning into the wind. It's like, instead of reflecting on reality and thinking about it and then something to say, you're letting it kind of come to you as moment to moment awareness. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a visual when you say it, but the actual, vision? the visual of, the, of being on the edge and it being kind of like your background of like navy blue with stars and being on the edge of this cliff that's so high and it's unknown and being able to just that feeling that you feel right before you're going to go like down a roller coaster ride, right. like feeling that like, but I love the the gracefulness of lean. every minute feeling yeah, that, that, that being aware to, to check in with myself moment to moment, you know, just keep aware to keep checking in. But then I love the gracefulness of leaning into that, right? Instead of like fighting the resistance or being resistant to it, which everyone knows fear is false evidence appearing real. So um, I mean, right? So it's like not happening. So the unknown, that's why I really get the terrifying unknown actually really excites me, you know, but not everyone well, is like that. It's not terrifying if you don't have any expectations or projections. Mm, yeah. It's just the next moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see what unfolds in the next moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But thank you for your time and your oh, yeah. beautiful, inquisitive nature, your excitement, your your vitality, your that cute little way that, um, <laughs> you know, but the enthusiasm of exploring, exploration. Thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. And I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Yes, let me know. Yeah, we'll meet up and then... Um, and come to my book opening. God, if people listening to this, um, I'm going to yeah. do a big book launch in New York. So you can let your listeners know about that. In the middle of September. And then how can people... There'll be show notes, but let some people know one or two fast ways to find you. Right. Well, you can buy my book on Amazon. Go to Making Contact Alan Steinfeld. You get the Kindle, you get the audio, or you can get the hardcover. I think is like a, a big discount on Amazon right now. 
now for the hardcover and listen to my practically daily YouTube channel where I talk about UFOs disclosure, how it interfaces with our personal nature, our personal reality, and lots of experts in the field, people who've had some really way out experiences like hybrid star seeds, um, walk-ins, ETs, non-humans, you know, people have really experienced. So I, I try to seek those people out and interview them or government insiders or researchers. Uh, so that's my YouTube. That's youtube.com slash new realities. You can email me at new realities at earthlink.net. You can watch my television show every Monday night on Manhattan Cable. That's MNN. That's the station, Manhattan Neighborhood Network, channel three, 9 p.m. Monday nights. But most everything's on my YouTube and my website should be coming back. I'm rebuilding it. That's newrealities.com and start making contact. Thank you, Katie. Great to make contact with you. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, two other things real quick uh, for some of the people who are on Instagram, you are on Instagram. Yes, I don't check my Instagram that much, but it's it's Alan Steinfeld, Alan underscore Steinfeld. I'm on Facebook. Yeah, you can find me multiple ways. Okay, cool. And then you asked, but we kind of didn't get too into it. So I wanted to make sure the listeners like, yeah. oh man, they didn't even talk about it in the depths of the, the hybrids, right? So with the hybrid conference, is, is that yearly? How often that, is the hybrid that's conference? That's going to be about a yearly thing. So I don't think you just fin you finished your definition. Hybrids are people like some people believe are partly alien, partly human, and they've come to share a higher wisdom. They're not just freaks of nature. They've actually been planted here to start to uplift the consciousness of human beings with a nonviolent approach, with understanding telepathy, with remote viewing, um, non-local targets. There's, there's many aspects to the hybrid mind, but it's more an upgrade of the human. And we are actually hybrids ourselves. We've been genetically upgraded from the Anunnaki, some people say. So the hybrid conference talks about all this stuff. And you can find the replay of that on portaltoascension.org. Look for the hybrids. And what we have coming up in October is the Starseed Conference. Now, Starseeds are beings that you're probably a Starseed. They've come from someplace else, another, and they bring this awareness with them into this reality. And they are really changing the face of you humanity in a good way, mm -hmm. in a very good way. Yeah. Bringing higher ideals, integrity, honesty. Let's honor the earth. These are coming in with young children. Read the 10th chapter by Mary Rodwell. She interviews these children, nine and 10 years old or younger even, who talk about, I don't know how they even know that, but we need to save the earth. We need to love the earth. I mean, they're coming with this knowledge because they remember where they came from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love all of what you're saying. Yes, indeed. And uh, God, I mean, I could just keep going on here, but Barbara Lamb, she, it was so overwhelming. There are so many different kinds and she breaks it down and tells you all the different yeah. kinds. And I was just as a lucky observer, just listening. And I was like, and I was listening to the intuitive hit of like three that she mentioned that I'm like, oh yeah, that could be me. Or, oh yeah, that's me. Something, something like that, you know, but Starseed definitely, I'm definitely connected to the Starseed. Yeah, yeah. Come to the Starseed conference and everyone's invited. I have lots of stuff on Portal to Ascension. Neil Gore does a really great job bringing in new information. So we partner in that and some of the conference, like the hybrid and the walk-in conference Walk-ins, yes, that's a, that's another conference we did, the first of its kind. But that's a whole other show. I'm, I'm going oh, to have. Well, think about me from all of them. I'll be there. I'm showing up. I'm like just you know, I'm a part of it. But you have my number. Call me when you come to New York. Of course. 
just I'm gonna, I'm knocking at your door. I know where you okay. are. I know exactly right where you are. Caravan of Dreams. You know Caravan of Dreams? I know, but I've been to your office. You have? Which uh, which office were you at? The one where uh, Paul is. Oh, that yes, yes, yes. Well, are, are you yeah, still that's there? Been closed. No, but I'm I'm downtown East Village, so oh, come there. Really? Oh, we're so we're right next to each other. Where are you? <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it on right now, but I am okay. in the area. Okay, <laughs> My good. condo is in the area, so okay, good. But basically, well, I'm by the Flatiron Building. Okay, I know where you are. Yes. Okay, yeah. let's stay cool. in touch. Love to have you back on. She's all over the place in the near future. We have but a lot more to You're talk not about. All over the place tonight. You're really not. <laughs> you've, you've changed. Maybe you need to change the title of your show. She's not all over the place. Mm, yeah, but we really talked about a lot, right? So we were all over the but, place. But you were right here with me. You were right present. Mm-hmm. You weren't all over the place. You were just, I mean, for the most part, you were kind of dropped in. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to dropping in a lot more. That is totally up to you. You don't me- need me to remind you of that. Yeah. Well, maybe you need someone to remind you of it, but you don't need anyone to do that. You, only you could do that. If that's what you want to do, you might like being all over the place. That might work for you. What do I know? So you hear that? It's our choice. It's the power of the choice. But is what is most efficient, functional, and enjoyable? Yes. Instead of habitual behavior. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Following the joy in the excitement. And look at what your habits are. I try to do that. What's my, what am I doing that's unnecessary? That's a, a defense or protecting a, an old wound. And you go into that and it's like, oh, I don't have to do that behavior anymore. I can just be open and loving. So we have to keep looking at our behaviors and see why are we really doing that? Why are we all over the place? Why are we? Because maybe that's a form of protection about something we didn't want to face. I've explored that when I had this episode is called removing guilt and fear. And I explore she's all over the place and what that really means. And what did it mean? Uh, it means a couple of things. I'll, I'll share with you real quick. Uh, in a nutshell, she's all over the place because I've uh, traveled the world, uh, literally, which has been amazing all over the place, all the different interests I have all over the place. I felt like a bird in a cage and I wanted to get out. So I ran from all my circumstances and everything I knew to be in joy, to be in nirvana, to be in ecstasy, to explore, to create the new, to get away from everything that I knew. So I was running from everything that I knew so I didn't have to face it. And then I went on after I traveled the whole entire world, then I chose to go within and face what I was running from. Why was she all over the place? Because I was distracting myself so I didn't have to face the things I didn't want to look at until... I chose to look at them and then chose to face them and then learn and grow through them. And so thank you. And Iris, she's this fashion icon. You probably know her. She has an amazing documentary called Iris, I-R-I-S. And I knew this before watching it with my godmother, Liana, which is how we know each other. We were watching this fashion documentary five, six years ago. And Iris talks about, she's like in her 90s and she lives in the 70s. And she has storages filled with all these colorful colorful, beautiful fashion garments, rugs, all this stuff. And she's so busy and she keeps herself so busy because she's not, she gets depressed. She feels she's going to die. It's like, it's a whole thing. And I'm like, oh, I totally identify. I keep so busy. I've kept so busy. I, it was so hard for me to learn to slow down um, and face those things. The resistance, I was just, I built so much resistance and then to really dismantle that resistance of the unknown and explore those things. That's, that's how she, all over the place came. It came from travel and joy, but it came from my own insecurities too and not wanting to face the stuff what was going on. That's beautiful. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for yeah. dropping in there and exposing. I hope yeah. I could drop in there too in that way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Katie, for your mm. time. My pleasure. Okay, we'll see you next time. Stay in touch. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in. Grab the book immediately. Check out the show notes. Stay in contact, literally. <laughs> and uh, explore making contact and uh, definitely um, tune in with Alan. And if you have any stories that you want to share, we want to hear them and we want to hear from you. So let's keep the conversation going and make an impact for one another by sharing our stories, not thinking we need to hide and be isolated alone because there are a lot of people having experiences and a lot more people are being comfortable with sharing those experiences. Like you heard me sharing experiences today for the very first time and Alan being here sharing his experiences. Okay, we'll see you next week. And that is it. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out. <laughs>